1: Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast presented by Bet365, part of the Action Network. I'm Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. As I've said, as I said last episode, we are full force football every Tuesday, Thursday, until the end of the Super Bowl. We will add the Sunday night shows starting with week one of NFL season. Next week, we kick off the division previews with about five, six, seven weeks until the start of the NFL season. Huge show today. ESPN NFL superstar analyst Bill Barnwell is going to come on the show in a few minutes. But first, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon.
2: Hello, Chad. I actually recently heard from our three female fans we have. You wouldn't believe we have three fans that are female and uh they all love you, Chad. Apparently, I, I was a little too mean to you on our our, our podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I explained to him, it's just that I miss you. Like if I had to put an over-under on Chad, I'd put his over-under at his age when he would passed away at like 110. And I'd probably still take the over. Chad, people don't get it, Chad. You have what, like 30 beats per minute? You live off grains and nuts. Like literally. <laughs> If, if we could go back in time, if this was 1940, Chad's the type of guy you drop off in some field in Nazi Germany and he would survive off a bag of rice for about six years and he would kill thousands of Germans. And they would never know because Chad is the perfect type for a sniper. He's got low. He's got he doesn't eat anything. He's got a low heartbeat. He is literally a killer. People don't get that about Chad. So me I'm the other way, like if I got dropped off in Germany, I'd last, I don't know, maybe two days off that bag of rice. I'd eat it all. I uh, wouldn't be able to lay in a field for multiple months, but Chad here, Chad's a killer. So people are very sensitive, Chad, to me, make a fun of your age. Chad's going to live forever, people. I'm like, my over-under is 80, Chad's 110. So um, just relax, people, relax. Me and Chad love each other.
1: We, oh my God, we so love each other. But um, <laughs> I, I think my feeling on this is that people... People always assume because I'm smiling and happy that I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> just at the end of the day, I'm just not. You're,
2: you're a killer. Chad's a, a killer, killer, people.
1: I am 100% a sniper. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure our sponsors at Bet365 are thrilled to be associated with us. As a reminder, <laughs> the Favorites podcast is proudly presented, presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. I promised the man, the myth, the legend. Bill Barnwell, the most popular writer at ESPN. So popular. I had to put his column behind a paywall and he drives <laughs> so much money because people have to pay to sign up to read his stuff and it's brilliant. I can tell you when I was running ESPN.com, couldn't wait for Monday mornings because I knew our traffic would pop because as soon as Barnwell filed, we put it on the front page. It was a meteoric explosion, <laughs> Barnwell, welcome back to the pod. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I I would like to get that in
3: writing for uh, contract negotiations, if I can.
1: Well, listen, I'm here for you. I'm your biggest (laughs) advocate. I'm your biggest agent. Like, whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. But all I ask is that today, you Mm -hmm. give us your best when it comes to the NFL. No question. Because the season is fast approaching. There are so many great storylines right now. We have a massive script that Matt Mitchell put together
2: Mm -hmm.
1: before we even get to it. I know he wants me to talk about like the podcast you did with Mina. Uh, I texted you about a month ago. I saw you and Mina on the NFL show in the afternoon. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like (laughs) like, When I was back at the end, I was begging people to put Barnwell and Mina on TV. And now it's like you guys are running the show have inherited the earth. It's fantastic. Before we get to that, you just had a column come out
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it sort of highlighted the people that have the most on the line. And you had done this last year and you talked about Jalen Hurts. and yep. Jalen Hurts, you said, if he has a good year, he makes a hundred million dollars guaranteed. Turns out he made 110. Mm-hmm. You a guy in there, Jets GM, Joe Douglas. I did. Who has the most on the line. And I don't think we can talk about the NFL right now without talking about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Today, the news is that he gave up $35 million in salary so they could build around him. Give me your logic on Joe Douglas.
3: Joe Douglas has essentially the same record after four years as a GM that Dave Gettleman had when Dave Gettleman was fired. Unceremoniously, ceremoniously, I think they were actual parades in New York in the streets when Dave Gettleman was fired. By the way, his team was at the playoffs the next year, but definitely story for a different day. Uh, so Joe Douglas does not have a good record after four years. He drafted Zach Wilson, who is the, maybe one of the worst draft picks of the last 20 years, when you consider he was the second overall pick and was not playable halfway through his second season in the NFL. He also drafted two rookies of the year last year on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So we know he's capable of something terrible and capable of something great. But as we get to this year, where expectations for the Jets are quite high, I think we can all agree the Jets have, and Jets fans certainly have lofty expectations after not making the playoffs since 2010, who gets to blame, who gets blamed here when things go wrong? Let's say the Jets finish seven and 10 again. Is that gonna be blamed on Aaron Rodgers, who is the Hall of Fame quarterback with a close to impeccable resume? I don't think so. He'll get some of the blame, but he's gonna be around in 2024, especially after we saw the terms of his most recent extension. Is it going to be Robert Sala who built a great defense who arrived a year later than Joe Douglas? No, it's not gonna be Robert Sala because I think Robert Sala's defense is not gonna be the problem with this football team if things go south. It might be the guy who traded a lot for Aaron Rodgers, when there were no other teams in the negotiation for Aaron Rodgers, did get him to take a pay cut, which is great and obviously major progress, but the guy whose draft picks have been either incredible or really bad, where it's not just Zach Wilson, but it's Elijah Moore who was traded, um, Denzel Mims who was just traded the second round pick, his top 100 picks have either been total booms or absolute busts, and so, if anyone's gonna take the blame from a frustrating year, you would think it'd be Joe Douglas. But if things go right and Joe Douglas makes it to the postseason and the Jets make a deep playoff run, Joe Douglas is gonna be GM of the year. He's gonna be lauded, gonna get an extension. So he has a lot writing to be on 2023.
1: Right now, mm-hmm. Simon and I have been on the F-A-D-E, the Jets, mm. Jets, Jets, Jets bandwagon. Mm. Their season win total, nine and a half. Mm -hmm. I think the Patriots could be better. I think the Dolphins could be better. I think the Bills could be better. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs because I don't think they're going to come in higher than fourth in their division unless all four teams Mm -hmm. make the playoffs in the AFC East. Mm -hmm. Simon, I don't think I've asked you this question. Do you think the Jets make the playoffs? And then I'd like to get uh, Bill's answer. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that feels right. Nine and seven. I mean, ten, ten and seven. I should say nowadays, right with the seventeen. It's just they're right there. Nine and eight, ten and seven, just feels the right number for the Jets. It's last year they got really lucky, right? They they played a bunch of backup quarterbacks. They had a bunch of things mm-hmm. break their way. Even when Zach Wilson was terrible, they still had nice matchups for that defense, right? If you go back and look through their schedule, they were in every game just because that defense was so good. So the Rogers part is really interesting, where. They don't really need the MVP Rodgers, right? This is the, probably the first time in his career he stepped into a situation where it's truly not on him. If 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 this defense can do what they do, and if he can just produce again, your his season last year, how terrible it was. That'd be one of the best seasons ever for a Jets quarterback in their history. That's how bad the quarterback play has been for the New York Jets. So mm-hmm. the Rodgers thing's so interesting. Where I, I was not shocked he took the pay cut, but I just thought how cool that was. Where he is literally saying. I, I'm ring chasing. Like I got the money already. If I can give mm-hmm. them this money back, that Joe Douglas can get me more weapons. That's a big deal. And I know the Joe Douglas pressure is fair. I think he was he is really smart guy. Like he was here at the Eagles mm-hmm. with Howie. A lot of moves. How credit to him? Where they were really mm-hmm. smart draft picks, really smart moves. He's had some for sure, some big misses. But I feel like he'll have a two year no matter what. Even if they're not great this year, maybe if they miss the playoffs. I feel like they'll give him. What do you give him? One more year with Joe. But I feel like you nailed it, Chad. It really is playoff bust for this team. It's it's all there. Like, Rodgers, maybe you can have the excuse of, oh, it's a new situation. But the offense here is only true weakness Rodgers is going to have this year is his offensive line compared to the Packers is bad. Like, this is not – this is probably the worst offensive line he's had in the last five, six years. So, to me, that's where it's really interesting with this Jets team where all the six positions are good, right? They have Bryce Hall running back. They have incredible wide receivers. I get all that, all that hype. That's the big question mark to me is that offensive line. I don't know how he's going to deal with having that kind of offensive line. So that's what I'm excited to watch this preseason is how he does behind Mm -hmm. that front line.
3: Let me lay out. Let me lay out why I think the Jets go under nine and a half wins and why I think they're more likely to miss the playoffs than make the playoffs. So let's start with the defensive side of the ball. That's the strength of this team. That's the thing. If you can, you know, there's no, you don't have to project them to get better. You can count them being just as good as they were a year ago, but, They were the healthiest defense in football last season. They were the healthiest defense, and they've already lost one starter for the entire season in Chuck Clark, who they traded with the Ravens to acquire, who is going to be plugged in as one of their starting safeties. We know historically health does not sustain. We know teams who make dramatic leaps on defense the way the Jets did last year typically give some of those gains back the following season. When I looked at it, I think the Jets projected to be somewhere around the 12th best defense in football. So, okay, Aaron Rodgers can still be you know, hold up his end of the bargain, it's still gonna be a playoff team. Good defense, better offense Should still be nine, 10 wins. I, I think that's fair. But again, I think there's a scenario where things don't go south or things do go south. And look at the offense. So I mentioned the offensive line, legitimate concerns here at tackle, where you have uh, Mikai Beckman who's played one game over the last two years, Dwayne Brown, who's in his late 30s and coming off of an injury. They both wanna play left tackle. Neither of them wants to play right tackle. One of them's going to have to, Billy Turner's behind them. Solid depth tackles. That helps, but they wanted to get a tackle in this year's draft. I know that there's been some indications otherwise. I think it's telling that the day after the draft, they signed Billy Turner, which tells you they were going to plan on drafting a tackle. And when they didn't, had to sign a veteran to fill in there. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, very promising young guard coming off of an injury as well. The line is a concern. Get to the receivers, okay. Well, you have Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is great, a, a super talented player who was really good last year with Zach Wilson. Can only imagine how good he's going to be with Aaron Rodgers. But if there's one problem Garrett Wilson has, it's drops. And if there's one problem Aaron Rodgers has, at least in terms of people on the football field, it's with young receivers who drop passes. It, it took time for Devontae Adams to develop that rhythm with Rodgers that he had later in his career. It took him five years to have a 1,000 yard season. So you know, I think Garrett Wilson has super high upside, but I think there's also a chance where he doesn't get off to the right foot with Rogers. They struggle. There's not consistency. And then you look at the other receivers in that receiving core, uh, you look at Randall Cobb and Alan Desard. when one or both of those guys were on the field last year, Aaron Rodgers' QBR dropped by 23 points. He was 23 points better without those guys on the football field, which tells me having them there in terms of having some familiarity is good. but They're not great receivers. Aaron Rodgers was better with guys he had no experience with as opposed to those guys. So, okay, leave them aside. Receivers upside, but some questions. You go to the running back situation. Brees Hall is coming off a torn ACL. Um, We know historically there's plenty of running backs where it takes a year for those guys to be the player they were a year ago. So, again, I see the upside with Brees Hall. I think he can be you know, legitimately the best running back in football if things break right this year. He could also be a guy where it's kind of like J.K. Dobbins, where he's, I know, on IR for a few weeks. He's not healthy. He's getting 10 carries a game. Um that's why I think the move we've heard about today, where they're going to bring in Dalvin Cook for a for a meeting, is so valuable because they need a guy who the first month, first six weeks of the year can be the guy who is, you know, shouldering the majority of the workload with Brees Hall being kind of the one big. And as the year goes on, Brees Hall taking over. More of the workload, and then on top of all that, guys. Here's the part that I think is so fascinating: that schedule for the Jets, the first six weeks of the season. I'm going to bring it up. I'm even going to look it up on my computer here on the podcast. The Jets play to begin this year. The Bills. They're at the Cowboys. They host the Patriots. They host the Chiefs. They're at the Broncos, and they host the Eagles before their bye. They go three and three. They're in great shape. They go two and four. They go one and five. They get that adversity from the New York media, from their fans of, we thought you were going to win a Super Bowl and you started one and five. There might be a chance that that sidelines their entire season. That could be it before they even get to their week seven bye. So I I think lots of concerns for the Jets and plenty of reasons for me to believe I would rather go under nine and a half here than go over
1: Yes, yes, yes.
3: That's why that's why Chad brought me on and said the nice, <laughs> things, nice things about me.
1: Listen, my take, Jets are two mm-hmm. and four after those first six games. I've seen – bigger. Yeah, and actually they're really good graphic about it the other day, and they had their predictions, like their model showing percentage chance to win these games. Mm-hmm. Simon, you and I both, we've talked about it, even for week one. We're buyers on the Patriots right now. One more thing. Did you guys see who the offensive coordinator for the Jets is? yes. It's Daniel yes.
3: Hackett, the guy, who Sean Hackett. Payton, the guy who Sean Payton came out today and basically buried in a coaching ditch with his yes. comments. Yes. Um, he's the guy who's running the offense for the Jets. That also seems like a legitimate concern. And you brought up the Patriots chat. And I think Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator with New England now, is going to be a significant upgrade on Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Not as big, but almost as big of an upgrade as Aaron Rodgers is going to be on Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, Simon, we've talked about that. Uh, and and I'm skipping around in our, in our rundown here. Apologies, mm-hmm. Matt Mitchell. But um, we like the Patriots, not just because of Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. but because of their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Dig in, Simon. Tell me why we like the Patriots so much and how we're thinking about them for even week one against the eagles
2: just honestly it's purely value-based right we're we're one of the bigger shows on where is the value at in each division and last year we talked at nazi about the jaguars right? remember the jaguars were 12 to 1 we gave him out 11 to 1 10 to 1 9 to mm-hmm. 1 then literally before the season kicked off we gave them out 8 to 1 it's kind of the same thing of this patriots team is just left for dead the public is totally done with this this team mm-hmm. last year they really disappointed. I think a lot of their own fans and just people across the league. Where the mystique is gone now, Belichick. It feels like it truly is gone. Where I never thought we would see the day where the Patriots fans would be like, you know, what, maybe is a time for a change. It's like mm-hmm. what? Like that's that's <laughs> how you just know you're such a spoiled fan base. Where they can't, they still can't see that Bill is still top three defensive line mm-hmm. of football. So no to question. me, we have a team that was still really strong defensively last year. They just had to play it out right they sucked for the first maybe couple of weeks defensively by week eight bill had them all exactly where he need to have them at right they finished really strong the mm-hmm. offense you touched on a bill o'brien is such a huge upgrade like this man you can say whatever you want about him as a gm he was a train wreck in houston offensively mm-hmm. he was really smart when you go back and watch that he always constantly put watson in the best position to win like that was mm-hmm. his whole thing was Figure out what his, his strengths were, and then he really maximized it. And I feel the same thing with this team this year. Where do I really think the Patriots are going to win this division? No, right. I think I don't think any person would. They're 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 by far the fourth team in this division, right? I still have the Jets power rated right over them. Miami's defense and offenses truly light years ahead of them, talent wise. Like they just both sides of the ball are really good. So to me, at plus eight hundred, that's an inflated number just because of public perception and this Jets love, right? The Jets. Mm-hmm. They've bumped this number up way high. So when I when I model this out, this should be closer to 500. That means we're getting plus 300 of free value right now on this Patriots mm-hmm. team. That's a crazy number. That is a crazy number to think for this division. So to me, it's not that I think, yeah, you got to go out and got to bet the Patriots. It's more that the Patriots are way closer to this Jets team and this Miami team than people perceive. It's, it's not as far off as people are making out to be just because – They have Mac at quarterback. They don't have the Aaron Rodgers. They don't have Tua at quarterback. And that really is – all the public really cares about you. When they walk into our sportsbook they make a bet, are they either going to bet on Tua or Rodgers or are they going to sit there and be like, you know what, I'm going to put this money on Mac Jones. And that's what I'm trying to get you. Now, look, just don't think you're just betting on Mac. You're betting on a really smart defense of mine in Belichick Mm -hmm. with a really good defense that should be much better this year with Bill O'Brien. So I'm with Bill here. Like he said it perfectly, Bill O'Brien is – a huge upgrade for this Patriots team. So that that's what people are going to give a shit chat midseason when the Patriots are terrible. It's a value based bet. We're just talking. They yeah. shouldn't be. They shouldn't be plus eight hundred. This number is totally inflated. So that's that's definitely one of those that really pops out this uh this off There's no question. Two things come to mind for me talking about the Patriots stand out. Number one, in terms of Bill
3: O'Brien, I, I think Simon, you made the perfect point about how they. Bill O'Brien builds an offense around his quarterback strengths, and that's something the Patriots didn't do with Mac Jones last year. Um, they changed the way they ran the football. They went to a zone-based scheme as opposed to a power-based scheme, which the Patriots have done for 20 years with success, just because it, they thought it was trendy. And frankly, it was already behind the times when they made the switch. Um, they went out and brought in Mac Jones, who was incredible throwing RPOs at Alabama, his video game numbers, like averaged more than 11 yards per attempt, completing more than 90% of his passes. And those are easy completions, but those are good. You want easy completions for your offense and for your quarterback, especially when he's struggling. And, and I had Ollie Connolly who broke this down in his sub stack on my podcast. Um, the Patriots ran three downfield RPOs all season last year. Like, it was a staggering – just – I think they ran a couple screens that were tagged onto their run game, but they did not make RPOs a focal point of their offense or even a meaningful part of their offense. Bill O'Brien coming from Alabama – where they still run a ton of RPOs is going to bring that into this offense. It's not going to be, you're not going to run 30 of them a game or anything, but Hey, here's five easy completions to get you on schedule, keep Mac Jones's confidence going and, and protect him and, and build up what he does. I think that's just the, the simplest logical thing to do. And the other thing I want to point out is, you know, talking about real results-based analysis and how you feel about a team. Patriots were eight and nine last year and they lost two games in December <laughs> that were, they probably had a 90, no, probably one game they had like a 95% win expectancy, the other one probably about a a 80% win expectancy or 75% win expectancy. They lose to the Raiders, they fourth and 10, and then you go up a whole drive for a score, and then the Jacoby Myers thing happened, which was a disaster of all disasters. Is anyone it
2: was the 30, flips it back. Stanford,
3: And then the Bengals game, they get a fumble against the Bengals. They have first and goal inside, the two minutes, uh, inside of two minutes down, I believe, four, either three or four. And Roger Stevenson fumbles and gives the ball back to the Bengals. So if they win either of those games, they have a winning record. If they win both those games, they're in the postseason. We're having an entirely different conversation about the Patriots because of those two games that went disastrously at the end. And I know, hey, that happens, and you don't want to bet on teams who make a habit of screwing things up in the final two minutes of games. But we have enough of a sample with the Patriots and Bill Belichick, that I think they're not going to have those lapses again in 2023.
1: Let me quickly remind people that we've talked about game time so often on this show. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. I love game time. Honestly, I use it all the time. You guys heard me talk about how I used it to buy Mariners tickets when I was on vacation with my family. If you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week, or even a concert. Game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm checking game time right now from our Action Network studio here in New York City. I can get into the first place Super Team New York Liberty, 27 bucks. Wow. All the cost. That's right, Bill. It's exciting. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app. Get out and have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Just download the app, enter code favorites for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Bill, we're about to enter the NFL season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Your pieces, and I say this with all sincerity—I'm not joking around—are so detailed, so in depth. I know how much work you put into them. They're too long. It is, no, they're not. They're not too long for me. But you know, I'm—I'm okay. I'm erudite, mm-hmm. and so I'm an author, right? Um, <laughs> I can tolerate long stories. But mm. is there ever a time where you're like, I cannot do this for another week? It's week seventeen. <laughs> you just get sick of football by the end of the season? Because right now we are all so excited. Mm-hmm. We love it so much. We could go for five hours talking about every single hot button topic in the league, plus the things that just we care about as people who are gambling on it. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a point where you get burned out during the season? Not really, to be honest. Like, you know,
3: I think there's always that concern. I always hear from my my wonderful editors at ESPN.com. Hey, you know, do you need to take a break? Do you need to slow this down? Do you want to not write something today? There's always something to discuss and, and i think football is so fascinating because we watch it and we have so little of an idea of what's going on that i think there's always so much underneath the hood to discuss and then of course there's so many different angles to discuss there's fantasy there's gambling there's you know analytics there's there's all these different ways to talk about football that i feel like frankly i i wish i had more time to write about i wish there was more deep dives i could do like like you know there's really in the second half of the year as teams sort of fade from the playoff race i'll watch them less and less but there are some times where that's meaningful you know there's times where i'll i'll wish i had time to watch the texans in you know the final few weeks of the year so i could sit there and talk about them or the browns like i didn't really get to sit down on, until way after the year talk about deshaun watson or take a close look into his struggles because the browns were not at the time from what i remember particularly in the playoff race so i think you know there's really an element of like I wish I had more time during the week to discuss stuff, but it's such a whirlwind that like there's there's just there's more, more things to talk about than there are times. So I don't get burnt out by it very much, no.
1: I'm glad to hear that. I want you to love what you do. <laughs> I want you yes. to love football the way it seems like you love football when you're writing about mm-hmm. football. Speaking of football, Justin yes. Herbert just signed a massive new contract. Joe Burrow is up for a new contract. Mm-hmm. And any list, these are going to be probably – Top four quarterbacks. Give me your Really? I think so. You think Burrow and Herbert are in the top four? I would say wow. Mahomes. Simon, give, give, we've me, talked about this. give me your top four, Chad. Oh, no, we talked about this. With. Uh Mahomes. No question. Josh Allen. I agree. I liked Burrow at number three. Uh, at number three Simon, as well. I think Simon likes Justin Herbert at number three. Simon, correct me if I'm wrong.
2: You are wrong, but that's okay.
1: Uh and then uh I would have Herbert at number four, but I might already be off like the list that we had we had posted maybe two weeks ago. Simon, me, <laughs> <who's laughs> your top? Tell me, me who is your changed. top?
2: Exact same. I, I had Herbert at four. You mm-hmm. had
1: Burrow at three and Herbert at four? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I might have had Burrow, I might have had Burrow at two and Allen at three. Oh. That's
2: what it was. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm.
1: Um but uh <laughs> here here was our top ten, Matt Mitchell. Simon's top 10 was Stafford, Watson, Rogers, Lawrence, Jackson, Hurts, Herbert, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes. Uh, Bill, give Mm. me your, you don't have to give me a full top 10, but give me your top. I
3: have have a full top 10 for you if you want it.
1: Do you want it in 10
3: to 1 or 1 to 10? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Okay. Number 10 is Deshaun Watson. Where I'm willing to throw out some element of what happened last year because of all the stuff that Deshaun Watson had happened last year. We we have more of a sample saying he's a significantly talented quarterback. Injury is really the biggest concern for me.
2: I try to tell people he's a scumbag, but he's a good quarterback. Okay. That's, <laughs> I I mean, he's he can certainly qualify
3: as both. I think we have to see what happens. We have what happens with kevin's defense scale and offense this year i think there's that yeah. a real question of like how does the how do those two worlds meld because at the end of the day like if, if there's a problem here one of these guys is making 230 million dollars fully guaranteed and <laughs> one is <out. laughs> Woo. so that is what happens when you sign deshaun watson to a massive deal is that you <laughs> have to build the entire organization around him um
1: i have Dak number
3: nine I don't think that came up in in your guys' top 10. I think Dak is number nine for me. He's in
1: my top 10, Bill. I had him at number uh, ten, nine, eight. I had him at seven.
3: Okay. Obviously, intersection rates are concerned last year. Like, that's going to regress towards the mean. We have a significant sample. He's not someone who puts the ball in danger. Don't love Mike McCarthy as the OC but I do think he is going to be just fine. He's limited, doesn't run the ball as much as he did before the ankle injury. Um, but to me, I think still an efficient quarterback and still someone who can be very explosive when given the opportunity. Number eight, I have Tua. I have Tua Tango-Vailoa. He was the best quarterback in football before the injuries last year. Um, first nine weeks of the year, he was incredible. Um, obviously having great receivers helps. He's super accurate though. The, the injuries are a concern. I think you have to project that in when you're thinking about the top 10 because you don't know what we're going to get from him. You might, might get 10 games, might get two games, might get 17 games. Um, and, and I think certainly we saw teams take away the middle of the field as the year went on. The Chargers had a game where Ben Solak covered this for the Ringer where they just basically broke their rules and said, okay, no matter what our safety situation is, we're taking away the middle of the field. And Dolphins didn't adjust. So I think it's on Tua and Mike McDaniel this year to have adjustments for when teams take away their in-breaking stuff because Tua is so deadly throwing over the middle of the field i have herbert at seven
2: as wow. opposed to
3: you guys in the top four and you know the, the question for me is okay what are you capable of versus what have you done and for herbert like he's capable of being the best quarterback in football he has increased contest every tool in the bag he is athletic he's smart he has incredible guts. He's tough. Like every quality you would want in a quarterback, Justin Herbert has. But has he done it? H- have you seen a stretch of him where he's been the best quarterback in football? I, and and I think there has not really been the case of that so far. I've seen games from him, where that, that game against the Raiders in weeks IK 18 two years ago, where it was he was hitting every fourth down throw for 20 yards. Like that was the best quarterback play I saw that year before Josh Allen in the in the playoffs against the Chiefs. But I go back to that Jaguars game last year. He left two touchdowns on the field in, in a game where the, the Chargers needed to win that game. They were snapping the ball consistently 10, 12, 15 seconds in the second half of that game before they needed to. And some of that can blame the coaching. I think Joe Lombardi was not a great coach. I love Kellen Moore being there. But some of that's on Justin Herbert. I, I think he has to master that stuff and be more consistent for me to have him be a top four quarterback, even if I know he has the ability and the tools to pull that off
1: number six for the record for the record yeah. uh, i had i had herbert at five as okay. simon had him at four and mm-hmm. uh matt mitchell called my uh my list a deeply unserious list and so far you and i had Dak and tua in similar spots but looked- mm-hmm. well matt matt may, may have some comments about my list as we get further up here <laughs> number six
3: i have lamar jackson where Lamar Jackson, we're going to have to see what he does in a new offense this year. Obviously, there's going to be more expected of him as a thrower. I think he has the capability to do that. He was running a, a pro-style offense at Louisville. People forget under Bobby Petrino, he was running. Uh, of course, he got the running game built into it, but he had a conventional passing attack. He can read the full field, run through his progressions. He's not going to be a guy where he's one and done in the pocket. And of course, he, he shoulders a significant workload as a runner, and that matters. That that factors in terms of your value as a quarterback, Um, really the only guy I think who shoulders more of a workload as a runner is later on this list in Jalen Hurts. So to me, I think Lamar, um, his value is different than other quarterbacks and unique, but I think he's very valuable. Um, Number five, a guy who I don't know if this guy came up on your list and I I don't, I can't understand why. It's Trevor Lawrence. I had him
1: before. Uh, listen.
2: List.
3: Right
1: now, my list and Bill Barnwell's list are basically the same, mm-hmm. and I got nothing but rip for it.
2: Well, you guys mm-hmm. do both. Work, you guys both worked at ESPN at one point, so it's not That's too true. shocking. That's true. Yeah. E- ESPN wrote this list for me.
3: I have to admit, <laughs> I'm not allowed to have my own it. Feels
2: phone. that way. It feels uh, that way.
3: This is based ESPN on the. This is based on
1: the first take rundown. <laughs> <laughs> I got
3: yelled at for putting Trevor Lawrence five on my list. I I, I think Trevor Lawrence. I mean. When you talk, I talked about Justin Herbert. Okay, what has he done for a long stretch of time that makes me think he's a top five quarterback? Trevor Lawrence had that stretch in the second half of last season, led his team to multiple victories, had like 15 touchdowns against two picks, was super efficient with, you know, okay receivers, backup left tackle for a stretch of that time or backup tackle, they lost Cam Robinson later on in, in that season, you know, okay receivers, but like every guy who was there had a career season uh, Evan Ingram had his best season. Zay Jones had his best season. Christian Kirk had his best season. Like they had guys who were sort of stretched one role beyond where I think they should be. Christian Kirk probably best as a number two was their number one. Zay Jones probably a three was their two. Evan Ingram a four should be their was their three. Um, I felt like they were. He was the guy in that offense. He can make any throw just like Herbert can. I just think he has a little better track record and a little better draft pedigree. This is a guy we expected to be a franchise quarterback from day one coming into the NFL. A guy who was ready probably a year before he was even eligible to enter the NFL. I, I think I think people are sleeping on his MVP upside this year where he has a weak division. He gets Calvin Ridley. Another year in Doug Peterson's offense, I think Doug Peterson is a great coach there, there's so many ways that could go right where Trevor Lawrence could have just, you know, he could compete with Mahomes this year. To me, I, I think he has that kind of upside. Nobody's talking about him having that kind of upside right now. Um, what do you guys think? You on board? Well, listen. Chad is.
1: I've got him at four, just yeah. ahead of Herbert at five. And so I agree with everything you're saying 100%. You're affirming both your genius and mine. <laughs> that's a promising I have Jalen Hurts at four um, of course the the run game factor factors in
3: here shoulders an incredible workload on designed runs not just scrambles um, you know I, I feel like he is a a player who's made incredible strides he was one of the least accurate quarterbacks adjusting for ERA in the history of football as a rookie he had like one of the lowest completion percentages we've ever seen adjusted for ERA and he was I think number two in adjusted completion percentage last year like, like the strides he's made as much as Josh Allen made strides, just Jalen Hurts has come even further over the course of his first three seasons. He's been an incredible force. And of course, I mean, having two great receivers has helped the offensive line um, staying healthy for the majority of last year helped. I think that's going to come bounce back a little bit this year. I think he might struggle a little bit because of that, but I mean, he's just a great player and, and like, you can't count on him being worse this year. He's, he's taken incredible strides each season. If anything, you project him to get better. Um, I have, of course I have Mahomes. one no point even talking about that I have Allen ahead of Burrow I think Allen behind Burrow is recency bias just because of the injury Allen suffered last year um the elbow injury where I think his, his passer rating dropped about 20 points before and after week nine when he suffered that injury against the Jets um just I mean Allen is a force of nature in a way I think Burrow is not and Burrow is incredible Obviously, you you want him there when the game's on the line. He's he's a winner for a reason. But I think Allen does more as a runner. And I think Allen, you know, single-handedly propels the Bills forward in a way that Joe Burrow, as good as he is, does not with the Bengals. He has more help to me. So I'd go Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hertz, Lawrence, Lamar, Herbert,
1: Tua, Dak, Watson. Well, listen, you and Simon – are spot on, are in the same place about Mahomes and Allen. You had a great stat uh, in your column, of which I read every word very carefully, all 4,000 of them, about Burroughs' yards per completion, I think, dropping after that elbow injury, which even makes it more amazing how the Bills continued to play and that he performed the way he Mm -hmm. did. Um, Simon, You maligned my list, and now, you know Bill is much more of an expert than I am. Do you feel like maybe my list is better Mm -hmm. than you previously thought, or do you mm -hmm. actually feel like Mm -hmm. Bill's list is kind of a joke?
2: First, I'll say the Herbert thing. I I get where he's coming from, Herbert, but you have to take the same stance with Dak. Dak is my my, the reason I left Dak off my top ten was Dak has had seven full seasons as the Mm -hmm. quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He has played in zero NFC championship games. <laughs> and true. every year it's the coach, it's the defense, it's the offense. Mm-hmm. There's always an excuse for Dak. So I, I was sick of that. So that's why I left him out my top ten. in where Cooper no Rush came no in. He went four and one. He beat the Bengals, <laughs> beat the Giants. I can't hear any more excuses for Dak. Like, Dak, you got you got the guys around you. Like, please mm-hmm. do something in your career other than – I get it. He's really good in the regular season. I just haven't seen it from Dak. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Herbert love is – Herbert cracked his ribs. I think it was week two against the Chiefs. He yep. was definitely hurt. And then you yep. take away Mike Williams, you take away Keenan Allen for most of that season last year. He still willed that team. He was, I think their coach and their offensive scheme was terrible for him. He was still able to get them to a high seed. So I, I get where you're at with Herbert, right? It, it is one of those where it's like I've watched that tape of that Jags game so many times just because it is really, really high-level QB play. Herbert oh first half is crazy high level. You were spot on. He missed so many guys in that second half where that's the fear with Herbert. He doesn't have mm-hmm. that Joe Cool personality, right? He's not this killer. He's kind of this shy, really nice, quiet guy. So that's yeah. definitely a fear with Herbert, where it's like he's got everything else. I don't know if he has that alpha personality, which I for one hate the alpha male. Like no one wants to deal with an alpha male in football. You want that guy at quarterback. You need. Mm-hmm. Like Mahomes watching this quarterback thing, him beating guys' faces, talking shit. Mm-hmm. What guy on a battlefield doesn't want that as their leader, right? You want that guy who's like, "I'm him." Like you're talking to the wrong guy. So I, I get your coming from the two one doesn't really make sense in the sense of I do think Tua has a talent, but Tyree Hill and Waddle are so good. Like it helps it really does. Where it's like I I'm I'm almost there with Tua. Like I, I'm really he really is probably number like 11, 12 for me. I just had to put Stafford over both him and Dak because Stafford, not even two years ago, won that Super Bowl and that was all on Stafford. Like you can go back and watch all those games. It they was had always the Stafford worst stepping rushing up.
3: attack in the whole league for that <laughs> playoff game. So it fantastic. was always Stafford
2: in the final couple of minutes stepping up. I mean, we people always remember that that game against Tampa. Tampa came all the way back and Stafford didn't lose his cool. He threw a deep to Cooper Cup. Got position. They won that game. The next game, they're playing the 49ers. Stafford stepped up again and, and led them down the field, and they won. Same with the Bengals. They were losing against the Bengals in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He came back and won. So I think that Stafford, most people leaving them off their top ten, it's just they're kind of forgetting about the guy. It's kind of being left for dead because he didn't play all last year, really.
3: I do remember Stafford tossing off a punt to Jaquiski Tart in the NRC Championship game in the fourth quarter. That was <laughs> fortuitously <laughs> dropped. But, but your point your point is well taken. Stafford... You know, did come up with big plays, but I'd say Cooper Cup came up with big plays. I mean that that Buccaneers game. If you want to see the most incredible route you'll ever see, that first pass, Cooper Cooper Cup catches on that final drive where he he has a cornerback play with outside leverage, saying I want you inside, I want you getting out of bounds. He feigns going inside, breaks the cornerback's ankles, cuts back (laughs) outside, catches his pass. Stafford makes an incredible throw, like throws it before he's even made the break. Cup makes the catch. There's like three guys between him and the sideline. And Cup manages to sneak past one of them and get out of bounds. It is the most incredible route you will ever see um, in a big moment. So no question. Um Stafford, I think, made plenty of big plays late in those games and does deserve to have more of a reputation than he does. I think people are writing him off. I think people are kind of writing off the Rams on the whole. And I think there's reasons to write off the defense, which is a scary uh inexperience on defense, but I think the offense could be just fine in 2023.
1: Well, look, we do. We have talked about on this show, if Stafford is healthy and playing, we do like the Rams over six and a half uh, wins. Um, We like the value there. What, What I love what you just talked about, Bill and Simon, on Stafford is the details and specificity of that route that Cooper Cup ran. That meant that, The way you break it down, even though the the defense and the Mm -hmm. DBs were trying to drive Cooper Cup inside and he faked inside, Matthew Stafford threw it before the break, which means Mm -hmm. he had to know that Cooper Cup was going to fake going inside and then Mm -hmm. go back outside. The timing on that had to be perfect. And I don't know this for a fact, and maybe either of you do from watching the film, do you think that was an improv by cooper cup or do you think that it was a design fake and matthew stafford and he were on the same page when they got to the line of scrimmage
3: i i, I think once stafford saw the coverage he knew he he was going to make that throw and he was going to try to make the throw either way um and i think he knew i, I think when they got to the line of scrimmage cup knew like, I, like given this game situation you know they're going to play you outside leverage you know they don't want you to get out of bounds i think they gave cup the space within the route concept to Half space to work, like he could work in bounds or out of bounds, and then I think, you know, Stafford knew Cup was going to fake going, going, you know, towards the inside. That's where the space and the coverage was, even knowing he was in the in reality going to end up going outside. So I, I think it's a combination of both those things.
2: Now, Bill made a great point too. That's just that's probably the greatest wide receiver season we've seen in our lifetime. Incredible. That Cooper Cup run, where even in that game, Odell Beckham goes down. And the Bengals defense, you just see them make an adjustment. They go, you know, we're just going to three bracket, super <laughs> cup. We'll go one guy underneath, one guy to cover the middle, then we'll go one guy over top. He still couldn't be covered. I mean, you watch that final drive, mm-hmm. him and Stafford were just in such a rhythm. It didn't matter what they were running out there. So, mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the the biggest in game we're going to break down the Rams a ton coming up this season. The reason I love them so much for ten to one for their division is the NFL schedule gave them a gift. But they literally start the season in Seattle and then they come home and play the 49ers. So they play two of the best teams in their division week one and two. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those where if they beat Seahawks beat 49ers, they've just dropped from 10 to one, probably the three to one, the four to yep. one after just two weeks into the season. So that's one of those where I think that's how football is, right? Chad, people kind of just look at last year and they mm-hmm. come to this. They go, well, yes, they still have Stafford and Cooper cup, but have you seen how terrible their defense is? which is totally fair on paper. They're mm-hmm. very, very young. How much do we talk about Chad, this league, the difference between the best guy and the worst guy is literally a hair. Like that's how mm-hmm. incredibly talented all these top athletes are. So I'm with them. The defense will be bad with the right coaching, the right scheme. You can really cover up a lot of the weaknesses. So mm-hmm. that that is definitely what it teams is Rams this year. I'm just, I feel like all the professionals are going to be all over them. The general public will just be talking Seahawks and 49ers, right? Chad, that's just what yeah. it's going to be like with this division coming up this year
3: yeah right. and i would point out um with the 49ers a team that i think will be good this year and is project to be good this year there is definitely a public perception that kyle shanahan can just plug anybody in a quarterback and they're gonna be just fine and all you have to do is think past last year where they had cj bethard and nick <laughs> mullins at quarterback for stretches and they were not winning football games they were no. entertaining they were better than they probably should have been with those guys at quarterback but it is not a we can plug anybody in. So if Brock Purdy does get hurt, if he's not ready, like there's no, I I, I like Trey Lance. There's no guarantee the Niners are a 12-win team over 17 games. With Trey Lance, there's no guarantee they're a 12-win, game, 12-win team over 17 games with Sam Darnold. And I do think having Christian McCaffrey mitigates some of that, but there's also no guarantee Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy for 17 games after missing most of the prior two seasons before last year. So I, I think there's this, perception that the Niners are locked into like 10 ones that they're like a safe team they have super high upside of course because they could be one of the best offenses and defenses in football but there's a much lower floor than I think people are giving them credit for right now
2: and they lost so, their so, defensive coordinator just a, there's yeah. a lot of definitely a lot of things where everything looks so good for 49ers they have a lot of questions heading into this season no
1: question absolutely. still before we let you go mm-hmm. the last quarterback on my list number 84 in the top 100 Nick Bosa calls the greatest running quarterback in the history of the NFL. The quarterback, (laughs) I think, is most on a trajectory to be like Jalen Hurts when he got A.J. Brown, Josh Allen when he got Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs. That is Justin Fields with the Chicago Mm. Bears with Mm. with D.J. Moore. He was number 10 on my list, purely projection. Oh, yeah. Everyone is sick of me talking about it because they think I'm a homer, but... Mm. We bet the Bears at 100 to 1. We bet the Bears at 80 to 1. The fun thing about working at the Action Network is last night it's 530. I'm at the office. I'm hanging with some people here. We're talking about why the Bears have a path to win the NFC. We Mm -hmm. made a couple of bets on the Bears and the Bills to meet in the Super Bowl at 142 to 1. Do you have the same optimism for the Chicago Bears that Simon and I do? I don't think I have that level of optimism. But I can I can
3: see I can see the vision. I can see where you guys are coming from. The Bears, of course, last year underplayed their their point differential. They were a much better team than their record indicated. They were, I would say, actively trying to lose, um, at least in terms of their personnel decisions. They traded away multiple starters on defense as the year went along. Didn't really replace them. Um Justin Fields, of course, was banged up for part of the year Does not have a great offensive line great receivers and they've made upgrades in both those spots and the division is wide open i personally i have the packers winning the nfc north so that's also kind of crazy in some ways people are not necessarily thinking the packers are going to be the favorites um so with the idea being you can get in and have a shot the bears certainly i think are, are more qualified than other teams my big concern is just they have no pass rushers they have a shocking dearth of pass rushers they have um last year uh Jaquan Bresker led the team in sacks he had four sacks he's a safety and they didn't bring in anybody uh up front who I have a lot of confidence in to be the five six seven eight nine ten sack a year guy so to me, I think I'd like to see them add one more pass rusher or two more pass rushers in the next few weeks. Whether it's a veteran like someone like a Justin Houston, whether it's someone who gets cut, whether they like you know sort of stumble on somebody and he succeeds like Charles Harris was with the Lions a couple of years ago. Like I need to see a pass rusher before I'm willing to have faith in them. But when you're getting those kind of odds, oh, so I can understand betting and saying, okay, there's a 100 to 1 chance that the NFC North goes their way and they stumble on a pass rusher and. Justin Fields takes a leap. So absolutely. I think if you're going to take a shot in any team in that range, the bears would be that team for me. I'm taking
1: that as a yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Clearly. It's, well it's, it fact. started as a no and shifted to a maybe,
1: you know what? Because it's the NFC and you have yep. Justin field. No so you can kind of talk yourself into anything.
3: No question. Absolutely. If you're going to like, like, you know, when I was looking at the AFC last night, I, I was talking about it on my podcast, there's 13, maybe 14 teams, if you include the Raiders, who are going to sit here right now and think, oh, yeah, we're making the playoffs this year. Confident they're going to make the playoffs this season. Can you really do that in the NFC? Can you have you have maybe six teams that feel really good about their chances? And one, that means one team has to get them that is absolutely, you know, like the Bears, I'm sure they're optimistic, but I don't think they're sitting here saying, yeah, we're going to be a playoff team this year. I think there are going to be teams who surprise surprised in the NFC because the, the competition just is not there.
1: Wide freaking open. As a reminder, the Favorites podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. ESPN's genius senior football writer. Bill Not my Burnwell. official title. I know, I'm making it up. <laughs> okay, <that's fine. laughs> I appreciate it. Also host of the beautifully logoed the Bill Barnwell Podcast. Uh thank you for coming on The Favorites. It was glorious. We were so happy to have you. Um, for Simon Hunter, I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites Podcast presented by Bet365, part of the Action Network. Download us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you.
2: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly.